On today's episode, it's Championship Weekend. We'll discuss who's going to the Super Bowl and exactly how many reasons I can be incorrect in making my decisions. Jim Harbaugh leaves the national champs to go to the Chargers for some unknown reason. We'll go over exactly why is my show a day late. It's rainy and gray as all can be, but unlike a really good athletic t-shirt, it's tough to hold back these double Ds. Wake up, Mules Nation. Time to dig in. Welcome to the Sports Mules. I am, as always, your usually irritated, mildly heartbroken, often imitated, never duplicated host, Eric Heiner. However you're listening, whenever you're listening, thank you for making us a part of your day. I really do appreciate it. So we are actually remote. We are away from the studio today. We are out and about. Um... I have nine weeks of PTO, so I decided to use some of it finally. I usually wait till after the holidays, like because everybody takes their vacation then. I like to wait till after that, because when you're gone, that's kind of a mini vacation for me. And then when you come back, I like to leave because I don't want to be, I don't want to be around people. I don't want to see them. Most of it's for safety reasons, for their safety, not mine. But uh, yeah, I came down to uh, Philadelphia uh, and just. Had a wonderful day of nerding out, going to the museums, and then you know, and walking around the you know the city and just looking at just the history and architecture down there, and the people on the on the street corner as well. Always some good sights to see. And then uh, you know, went out with some good friends and had some drinks, had some great food. It was just a great day overall, great evening, um, and I really appreciate them for their uh, their time and attention, and um, you know, giving me a place to sleep even if it was uh, mostly crushed by a large dog. But I was warm, so that's a good thing. Um, and I thought in discussions last night, apparently, you know, the, my, my lawyers didn't fall through with contracts, so my what I thought I would have two co-hosts today. Uh, one did, did not want to do it anymore because, uh, as I had mentioned last night about myself, they also believe that they have a... Uh, a face for radio and a voice for books. So they backed out. And then the other one um, was going to do it. And then this morning decided that the uh, tequila from last night said no. And uh, I'm not going to mention any names. I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but uh, I'll just say go birds. Um, but no, it was, it was a great time. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I, I really do appreciate them for helping me out and had some other good conversations. So maybe some other things will be coming down the pipe soon, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, just a great time. And um, I, I've had some people in the last few weeks and somebody else mentioned it last night that I have a soothing voice. And I find it somewhat interesting because I mean, I have to live with this thing all the time. Like you think listening to me for 20 minutes or four minutes or six minutes, however you listen to these podcasts, if you can listen to me for a couple minutes is tough. Whew. Try being this guy. Plus the voices in the head. So, uh, yeah, they said I had a soothing voice and I was like, well, which voice do you want? Do you want this voice? Does this sound good? Do you, do you prefer my ASMR voice? Hello. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Do you want, We've had some drinks, and it's 2 in the morning, and maybe I had a cigar or two. Eric voice, 
which kind of sounds like this a little bit more. Or uh, and then I tried to give him radio voice, and then the the bouncer was told me I needed to relax. So I had to hold back from giving my radio voice, but I can do it now because it's my program, and most of you guys are gone at this point anyway. But uh, yeah, just a good time. This is, so that's why we're uh, that's why we are a day late. Um, but it was also kind of a, a good thing that we're daylight because the uh, Eagles, which I found out last night when, during conversations, had hired or about to hire their new DC, and I was like, hmm, "Really? That guy? Okay." Uh, but we'll, so we'll we'll get into uh, what and why the Eagles are doing what they're doing. We'll get into our uh, Super Bowl picks. Can I say Super Bowl, or is the NFL going to sue me? Do I have to say big game? Uh, either way, uh, we'll make those picks, and then we'll just talk about Harbaugh leaving. And uh, and we'll get you guys out the door. We'll be a quick one today because it's it's a quick podcast for you, long day for me. And I don't want to I don't want to tease you guys. All right, I want to tease you guys. I appreciate you. I love you all. I appreciate everything you do for me. And I don't want to tease you guys. Unlike some people who like to send me pictures of incredible food that they're making, but yet never invite me over. So that's it for this. So uh, you're all free to move about the cabin. Uh, and remove your seatbelts and do as you please for the rest of the day. If you want to hear me talk about some other nonsense, then here we go. So somehow last week, through the grace of all the football gods, uh, we went 4-0 on our picks. How about that? Um, so Lions won, Niners won, Chiefs won, Raver won. 4-0 on the picks. What a week for us. What a week. We've really turned a corner, right? We know how bad we've been in the past. We can be honest, right? This is we have to be honest and open on this program. How bad we were. 4-0 championship? I mean, come on. Now this is going to be the tough week. And there there's a few tough reasons, right? There's the part of your brain that says, think logically, right? This is what this is what you think. This is what you know. This is most likely the course. And then you have the other part that, that goes with your heart. It says, this is what I want. Right. This is what I know is going to happen. The other part is, you know, ah, this is what I want to happen. So the Lions last week, um, super impressive, right? Again, everything that that city and that team has been through over the last, good God, I don't know, 30 years or so. And to see what they've developed into, there are moments that give me pause for this game coming up that that make me make the pick that I'm probably going to make, but that go, I, you know, they're, they're doing it against these teams and they're getting away with some stuff and they're being successful and they're taking care of opportunities that they get. But when you get up into like this, now you're going up to the, against the 49ers. And if they, if they won and they get to a Super Bowl, like you're in the Super Bowl, you're getting, you know, this is the best of the best living on the edge like that can be dangerous. And I think that they are, They've made great decisions either in the draft, in free agency, things that they've done. And I think they can continue that way. And they might be a little bit ahead of the curve of where they thought so far. Um, at least what we think, right? They always obviously you know, think that they are exactly where they should be. Um, so I think they can continue if they do things right and continue to do things right, that they can be this kind of team for, you know, a few years to come, next four or five years to come. But right now I, I think they're still a little a little too young and a too experienced to 
get over the mistakes that they've been able to overcome um, and then still win these games. The 49ers, you know, they they have been building to this, right? I mean, I know they were in a Super Bowl a couple years ago. This is, what, their fourth NFC Championship game in the last five years, somewhere around there. So this is, again, right, they did all those years ago. They did seven or eight years ago. They've built up to become to this point. This is what they're doing. Uh, it'd be perennial, you know, in the championship game or in a Super Bowl hunt or, you know. And this is what they've done, right? That defense they have is solid. That offense they have, again, I've said it before, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in this league. And I, I just think that they have too many weapons and they don't make a lot of mistakes themselves to shoot themselves in the foot compared to the Lions that when you get into these level games, right, these championship games, whether it's conference championship, whether it's uh, um, you know Super Bowl, even in college, you know, you get to, you know, your, your conference championship or playoff games, right? These are the times where it, a lot of it comes down to whoever makes the least amount of mistakes, right? People talk about turnovers over time, but it comes down to the least amount of mistakes and who makes the right decisions at the right time. I think the Lions have cut down obviously from what they used to be, but they still are making some goofy mistakes. Sometimes they're overly aggressive when they don't have to be. And I think the 49ers are a little bit more again, right? They're like, okay, we're here again. This is what we wanted. This is what we're building to. This is, this was the plan at the beginning of the year. This is where we wanted to be. So I think they'll, the 49ers will make less mistakes. Uh, you know, I think the only drawback that could happen as much as I, I praise Kyle Shanahan, he does, also randomly make just goofy coaching decisions. And he can also be overly aggressive when he shouldn't be and be super conservative when he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. And he can also let, he's like Andy Reid, which we'll get to, but uh, he's like Andy Reid where sometimes that clock gets away from him. Um, so end of the day, we'll, we're going to go 49ers for the NFC. Write it down, right? Now it's in ink. It's permanent. Uh, the ink is permanent. The paper is not. So that'll be my pick for that one. Again, if the Lions win, which is what I want, right? I think the Lions are America's team now. Right? To hell with the Cowboys. People are tired of their nonsense. Like, how can you not love the Lions? If you love, I, I don't even care if you like football or sports, just a story in general. How do you not like the Lions? How do you not like the Lions? So my heart wants the Lions. My brain tells me the Niners. So very rarely it does happen. I will actually listen to my brain, and uh, I'll go 49ers on that one. Over in the AFC, for the 17th time in the last 18 years, it feels like the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game. The first time it, it is not... In Kansas City, it is in Baltimore. Baltimore is hosting a championship game of any level for the first time. And I, what was it, 50-some years, 55 years, older than me. I know that's, these these days it seems harder and harder to say that. But yes, older than me still. Um, this one is a little bit more complicated than the Lions 49ers because you obviously have the Chiefs and everything that they have done over the last uh, eight years or so, right? What they have built themselves into as an organization, right? Not just off, everybody thinks offensively, 
you know, Mahomes and, and Kelsey or, or you know, uh, Mr. Taylor Swift. Everything that they do there. Um, and then we've talked about in previous episodes how they have the youngest defense, you know, the incredible talent. And, you know, they're, they're just their history they've had recently. Uh, but now you get to the Ravens, who to some extent seem, you know, like a, a team of destiny. You know, especially with, you know, with Harbaugh, with John Harbaugh there, their their head coach and everything with his, his brother this past year. And, and again, we'll get into his brother. Foreshadowing. Uh, we'll get into that. But they seem like a team of destiny. And I think that they are the better team overall. Ah, you know, I can't even really say that. I mean, so they have a better kicker, right? Justin Tucker is like the best kicker ever in the NFL. Uh, they have who's probably going to end up being um, the MVP of the league in Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Uh, they brought in weapons actually for receivers. Um, they're very solid up front. They've they've got uh, a good you know they've got a good running back core. They brought in Cook. Uh, who struggled all year with the Jets and was never used, and then they signed him late. I never understand how that works, but wow, you got to you got to get paid by the Jets and be shit, and then at the end of the line, be like, oh, by the way, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. Bye. Uh, that's always interesting how that works, but any hoot. Um, and their defense is, is insanely, insanely just difficult. Right, you can't run at them. The pressure they get, you know, they force you to pass. And then they bring the pressure. Uh, you know, they have some some incredible corners that can just lock some receivers down or just make their lives miserable, at least. And it, it just, which is what you have to do, right? They were basically built to go against the Chiefs offense. And as much as I love Andy Reid and I love what the Chiefs have done the last couple of years, and as much as I would love to have a Lions Chiefs so that we can have an Eminem Taylor Swift battle in the Super Bowl. I think end of the day, I think it's going to be a ridiculously close game. If this didn't somehow become an overtime game, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think the Ravens are, are probably winning this one as well. Uh, so we'll have a repeat of Super Bowl 47. So we'll have 49ers and Ravens. Let's write it down here again in ink. Ink is permanent. The paper is not. But I I, I don't believe in all conspiracy theories, right? You have to believe in some, right? Some stuff is, is true. But I don't believe in the majority of conspiracy theories. And I don't believe in this one. I don't want to feed into it, but I will say it. It doesn't look good for the NFL when people talk about it being scripted. And this might be the, what, third year in a row now that the colors that they've used on the Super Bowl logo end up being the two teams that are in it. Um, again, once, twice, for a coincidence? Absolutely. Uh, three straight years? Uh, I, once again, I know it's not a conspiracy theory that it's not scripted because I can tell you if I play in the National Football League and I was scripted to be um, I don't know Justin Herbert 
who we'll also talk about here for the Chargers, um, I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not gonna follow this script. This is horseshit. I mean, I got to be on a great team, stacked with players, and then just get idiotic coaching every fucking year and be terrible. No, I'm not signing off on that. So it's those type of things. And you think Peyton Manning was like, oh no, it's okay. I'll lose two Super Bowls, both in just like tragic, humiliating fashions. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's rigged, but uh, it just doesn't look good. The three years in a row, the colors of the logo beforehand end up being the teams in it. But uh, anyway, yeah, Niners. Ravens, that's my pick to go into uh, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. And I will say, side note, for Las Vegas, I, I have about had it with that city's shit. Vegas isn't that great. I know people talk of Vegas all the time. It's not that good. Unless you're some degenerate, either uh, druggy, gambler, alcoholic, or all three that you enjoy prostitutes. Well, I shouldn't say you should like prostitutes. I don't want to diss on them. Um, sex workers? What are you supposed to call them now? Anyway, it's, it's balls hot there. It, it freezes at night. It's just debauchery all over the place. Oh, it's family friendly. What family? The fucking Adams family? Who? Like, get the hell out of here. I don't like Vegas. It, it's it's too much. It's too much, right? Do cocaine and do X on top of it. That's what Vegas is. Um. Wow, this got away from me. Yeah, Niners Ravens, Super Bowl 58. You're welcome. Drugs and prostitutes leads perfectly into my next segment, which is Jim Harbaugh leaves the Wolverines to go coach the Chargers. That's actually not a good intro, but it worked anyway. I just talked about it, so here we go. Um, I, I have to admit, I was insanely shocked when I saw that info uh, come across my desk that he was leaving to go coach the Chargers. I mean, there you you see the new stuff all week where he's going to interview him, and then he's going back, you know, for a second interview, and and you know he's talking with Michigan about their contract and what they want to give him. I think they wanted to give him what was it a uh, a ten year, hundred twelve, hundred twenty million dollar contract, basically making twelve million dollars a year from Michigan. Not to mention whatever he was going to make from Nike and bonuses and blah 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 blah. And, you know, he just, he loves Michigan. It's his alma mater. He just won the national championship. And it seems like if you're going to go back to the NFL, that's a great time to do it. But I also felt like, again, right, this is the the whole brain and heart stuff. Brain tells me, yeah, this is when you go. This is when you're, you're, your highest value as a coach. This is when you go. But my heart is like, yeah, but... Everything that he'd been through at Michigan, especially last year, and you know, just playing there, coming back, you know, coming back to it, resurrecting it. It had been in you know, kind of shambles for a few years, and you know, restores it back to where Michigan football was supposed to be. And you know, they you know, finally get over the Ohio State hump, finally get over the playoff hump, win the national championship, and you think, okay. He's he's going to entertain all this stuff to you know work the deal better with you know Michigan and whatnot, but he's coming back because how can he not come back? And you know so when he said he was leaving, I I was legit shocked about it, and I have some very mixed feelings. Um, 
about the Chargers ownership, right? The Spanos family, it's mostly the son now, uh, you know, who's the primary owner. And by mixed feelings, I don't mean... I, I like them, but I don't like the decisions they make. I mean, I don't know if I if I hate this guy or despise this guy. This guy, he might be one of the most degenerate owners in the NFL. And this is an ownership, you know, and this is a, a league. Well, not even NFL, in sports in general. I mean, in sports, it's had, you know, uh, racists and homophobes and, uh, you know, and Mark Davis for the Raiders who... Eh, Google pictures of them. You you decide from there. Um, I'll just say Spectrum. Uh, not that that should negate you from owning a team, but uh, if you've seen how the Raiders are run as well. Yeah. Um, but this man has never wanted to spend any of his own money. Uh, he's much like the Oakland A's, or soon, again, soon to be Las Vegas A's, because, again, right, where do pieces of shit go to Vegas? Um, who just uses it as a, as a piggy bank, right? You're making money hand over fist as as the owner of a any professional franchise, right? Um, you know, in a league that just got rid of Dan Snyder, who again, go Google Dan Snyder stuff and see what he's done. Um, I'm not even talking stuff he's been accused for. Actually, stuff that he has been, you know, you know, found guilty of. And Spanos. Played with a city in San Diego that was super passionate about their team. Loved the Chargers. You know, had one of the greatest, you know, team soundtracks, themes of all time. Like, you know, San Diego Supercharger. Come on now. That's, you can't beat that. And uh, I can't sing it now because we'll get uh, copyrighted. But Google it. And he just, you know, he tried to use the sunny, you know, the city to pay you know, first stadium, like all these guys do, right? They're all multimillionaires, billionaires now, uh, and still can't finance, you know, to spend some of their own freaking money on their own team, but then figure a way to still get all the money from whatever happens there. So, you know, they plead poverty. They say, I can, oh, I don't have enough money to uh, to build a stadium. You, The city and the and state have to give me uh, $2 million so I can build the stadium, uh, even though I have it. But I'm not going to spend it. And if you don't give me the money, well, then I'm going to move the team, which is what he did for the Chargers from San Diego, move them back to L.A. to then be a tenant to the Rams. They pay the Rams every year. In case you guys don't know, they pay the Rams to play at SoFi, right? So instead of building your own stadium to which you're in San Diego, you could hold you know, a plethora of events at a stadium, right? doesn't have to just be football. There's a plethora of events you can do that. Go look at Snapdragon, San Diego State Stadium they built where Qualcomm, it's the Murph, all right, whatever they want to call it. It's Jack Murphy, it's the Murph. But where the Murph was, um, and you can, you know, you still could hold holiday bowl there or just bowl games in general or playoff games or soccer games or you could have done anything and made money, but he didn't want to spend his money so he, you know, screwed out an entire fan base to move up the five to go to Los Angeles to be a tenant to a city that had just had lost their NFL teams because nobody went to games and then got one back. And then they just show up. Hey, we're here as well. 
to which still nobody goes to those games. Watch a Rams and Chargers game. That stadium is full of other fans, not full of them, because that's just how L.A. is. That's just how it works. Um, so he screwed out a fan base because he didn't want to spend money, but then somehow figures out a way for all of the you know concession or advertising or the revenue and everything they get. He gets the pocket all that, but doesn't have enough money to finance his own stadium. So uh, the Chargers can suck the fattest one that there possibly is just until he's there. Once he's gone, I'll, I'll love the Chargers again. But as long as he lives there uh, and runs that organization, uh, yeah, they, they can fuck all the way off. And for Harbaugh to go there, I think it's great for the players, right? Maybe the players will actually have a chance now, despite the ownership and despite everything else. You know, Harbaugh's the you know the great quarterback whisperer. Now he has Justin Herbert, who is a tremendous talent and who has just tried his best the last what is it three four years to carry that team while he is just getting demolished and running for his life. Uh, the defense has underperformed all the time, which that means he then has to go out and come from behind or try to keep a lead because, you know, they are, are forever in it because their defensive, offensive head coach could never figure shit out and, you know, make this poor kid, you know, try to do everything himself. Wasted Khalil Mack. So hopefully Jim will show up here and get the program um, – I don't want to say organization, right? Again, because Spanos is there, and I don't care about the organization Organization while he's there. But get the team back to performing where it should be and the potential that it has. And so hopefully he can get the most out of them. Uh, so I, I I wish him great success in that, right? I don't – there's no hard feelings against Harbaugh for going to the Chargers, right? It's opportunity. you got to make the most of opportunity, right? Some opportunities you earn on your own. Some are presented to you. Some are a little bit of a combination of both. This is kind of what this was for him. And he played, used to play for the Chargers. So, again, it's kind of a homecoming for him. He gets to come back uh, to an organization that he played for once before. And, uh, you know, he's back in the NFL. You know, he's never he's never not been successful at any level he's been at, right, when he was at uh, University of San Diego, when he was uh, – at Stanford, when he was with the 49ers, when he went back to Michigan, and now, now he's heading to uh, the Chargers. He's never not been successful as a coach. He gets things going. Um, so I wish him the best of luck, but I, I was still very shocked when I saw that he was leaving. It just kind of, again, right? Heart says one thing, head says another, and uh, head won. So whilst out and about last night, having discussions with people. Uh, I don't know if it was already, had already come out or was about to come out. Uh, I'm not sure in the timing on it because I hadn't heard anything or seen anything to that point. So uh, if you haven't seen or heard it, it's new to you. Um, that the Eagles, who had recently just fired basically everybody on their staff and uh went to the head coach and said, you better figure this out because you, this this is it for you. Figure it out this year coming up or it's Audi 5000 for you. And put into that situation where you're a somewhat younger coach, you seem to struggle making adjustments or, uh, you know, changing as the season goes on, let alone in-game. But as the season goes on, your first half and you're just, you know, our, our Johnny's beat your Joes 
and then as more film gets available on you, or sometimes you go back into the, you know, your uh, division, you start playing people the second time, they start to see tendencies. And if you don't change those things or adapt, um, you make their life a lot easier. And then they can just come in and go, oh, okay, well, we'll just, they do this here and we'll just stop that. And that seems to be the Eagles problem the last really two years, right? That I, to me, I still think that is 95% of the reason that they lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs last year is because they came out the second half, just thought, we got this. We know what we're doing. It's, everything's working. No need to change. And the old guard of the Chiefs, uh, you know, with Andy Reid, went in and did what they were supposed to do and said, this isn't working. This is working. I don't like this. Let's try this. Let's move this up here. Let's do that. Came out in the second half, adapted, changed, came back, got the lead, never let it go, won the game, won the Super Bowl. Um, and that was kind of this season as well for the Eagles, right? Start 10-1. and one, And even those last couple games that they won in that 10-1 and one part didn't look the greatest. And then we know the complete collapse, you know, after that. Just did not look good, didn't play good. Um, nothing seemed reassuring at any point for their, their play and behavior. And, you know, then you have a head coach who acts like a jackass and says stupid shit. And then it says other things like, oh, you know, my fingerprints all over this this team. And then the team looks like garbage. And then, uh, you know, go, oh, I don't know. Well, you know, I don't call the offense and I don't call the defense. Okay, well, then what the hell do you do here? So they come to him, say, you got a clear house. You got to do something better for next year. And he goes, I got you. Loud and clear. Totally understand. And your f- first instinct is to, and I understand, right, especially it's hiring season in the NFL and college. You got to get going on things. But your first thought is to, let me hire Vic Fangio, Fangio, who helped consult you last year before the Super Bowl that you, again, lost and made no adjustments in. Uh, Vic, who was up until, what, Monday, Tuesday? was still the DC at the Dolphins before they had a conversation and said, probably best uh, if you didn't work here anymore. And he said, okay. And that was who you hired. That's where you went. There's no other DCs out there that you wanted to talk to, whether in the NFL, in college, there was nobody with new, fresh ideas or a surly vet out there I know Vic is a vet, but, you know, who really had some, some ideas and about how things should be and what you needed to change. Didn't want to interview any of those guys. Didn't want to get, um, you know, a broader range of options and who you wanted to talk to. You just decided, hey, uh, a guy that we knew that came in that helped us, uh, you know, for the Super Bowl that didn't work out for us, uh, who was then uh, with another team that things didn't did not go well the end of the season as well. That Dolphins defense, the last, again, right, the Eagles, the second half of the season looked like trash. Um, couldn't secure a win to get to win the NFC, the AFC East and get a home playoff. They could have been the number two seed, but they decided, no, we're going we're gonna to slide back to whatever the hell they were, six or seven, and they get uh, bounced out in the first round by the Chiefs. That was what your decision was. 
And I don't want to say some people are not happy uh, about the decision, but I'll tell you that uh, some people are not happy about the decision and uh, think that it wasn't made uh, with the best of uh, intentions. I don't want to say, well, maybe not the best of intentions, but, you know, not fully articulated and thought through. Um, And in a place where you were kind of already struggling with how uh, the locker room was feeling, uh, this isn't a good start. Not to say that this one will be successful, but this isn't this isn't a good start. And I think they could have. You probably could have still got them. Right? This is like drafting somebody too soon. You needed other things, and you needed to look at other stuff. Um, but you panicked, and uh, you know the the New York Giants need a lot of help, and they panic and and you know draft Daniel Jones where they did. You're like you could have got that guy three rounds later, not in the first round, but. That's how uh, things work sometimes. So Eagles get their DC. They still need an OC, but they got their DC, I guess. Um, And best of luck to him. I hope he's successful. Uh, Go Birds. And I hope things turn around. But at the the present moment, maybe it's it's the Gotham in me. Just uh, too many years of uh, freaks dressed up as clowns. But um, I I hope he does good. But, uh, damn, I think you kind of jumped the gun on that one. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. That's it for today's show. I said I was going to get you guys out of here super easy. And just like the cool substitute teacher, um, that's me. I'm the cool substitute teacher. Yeah, I'm not going to give you any homework, bro. Chill out, my man. So, uh, but again, thank you guys for listening. I, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it was interesting being uh, not in my usual spot uh, and having a somewhat of an audience here. Um, I want to say they're giving me thumbs up or thumbs down on how things were going, but basically they're just giving me looks and the finger mostly. Uh, but hope you guys have a great week. Finish it off strong. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Uh, hopefully this this weather clears up wherever you are. Uh, right here, it's still it. We haven't we were freezing, right? We started this whole thing off super cold, freezing our asses off. Um, you know, you you had to get a shirt that you know make sure your nips wouldn't come out. But that's gone away, and then it's just been warmer and rainy and gray and foggy, and it just looks like something in a Tim Burton movie the last four days. But hopefully this will be leaving soon, uh, and we will see the sun again. Uh, at some point uh, but you know it's a big weekend right championship week we get to see who's going to the Super Bowl I think the games are going to be really good uh, so I'm excited for that um, and we'll see how we do right? we're 4-0 last week can we go 2-0 if we don't go 2-0 and and we go 1-1 and but the Lions were the one we got wrong I'll accept that or if we go 0-2 I'm okay with that I'm okay with anything, as long as the one and one is the Lions. If 49ers win, but the Chiefs win, and we go one and one, eh, I'm going to be a little irritated myself. But enjoy your weekend. Have fun. We'll talk next week. Dig in. Go Mules. <laughs>